Welcome. Welcome everyone this evening to the regular Board of Education meeting for Shawnee Mission School District, the October 8th meeting. Our first order is to have the Pledge of Allegiance, and I will turn to Principal Pendlin to introduce our guest to lead us in the Pledge of Allegiance. Please stand, everyone. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. Thank you, and I'll have Principal Penland introduce our guest from Blue Jacket Flint. Yes, thank you for having us this evening. This is our Blue Jacket Flint sixth grade leadership team. They are led by Ms. Hogan and Mrs. Stone, our sixth grade teachers. And I'm going to let our sixth grade students come up and introduce themselves until, and tell you which committee they're facilitating. They're, they're overseeing the whole team, and every sixth grader is on it. So I'm going to let them tell you what um, tier of the team they are leading. So come on up um, and say your name and exactly what you're doing on our team. Okay. My name is Nathan Schweiger and I am a part of the green team. My name is Ella Aquino and I'm a part of the green team also. My name is Melanie Castaneda and I'm in leadership. My name is Lucy Kramer and I'm also in leadership. I'm Ms. Hogan, I'm our sixth grade teacher. Um, they are doing a fantastic job and we're just so excited to keep going in their leadership program. So they're doing wonderful. Thank you. Thank you for being here. And you're welcome back anytime. <laughs> uh, as the semester gets going, we're also uh, very aware that uh, as we have each meeting, more and more students begin to join us because of requirements for American government class. Um, so I'm going to take this moment to have all of those that are here for American government class of some kind, please stand so we can recognize your attendance. And if you stick it out the whole meeting, come forward and Dr. Fulton will be glad to sign your form afterwards. I know some have to leave early. That's why I did at the front of the meeting this time. Uh, with that, we'll move to item B, which is the adoption of the agenda. And I'll seek a motion to adopt the agenda for this evening. So moved. Second. Thank you, Mrs. Goodburn. Thank you, Mrs. Zila. Oh, it was Mac. Thank you, Mac. Mrs. Mack. Thank you, Mrs. Zila. All those in favor, please say aye. 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 Opposed, nay. Aye. That passes 7-0. A quick note to note that uh, Laura Guy is joining us by phone. So welcome, Laura. You will hear from her occasionally <laughs> out of nowhere. <laughs> welcome. I think you may want to pause when you ask for the votes because she's a little delayed okay. in her response there. She's only in Maine. That's not that far I right? know, but the telephone, I don't know what it is. Thank you. We'll move on to item C, which is the approval of minutes from our meeting of September 24th. Move approval. Thank you, Mrs. Goodburn. Second. Thank you, uh, Dr. Sinclair. All those in favor of approving the minutes from our September 24th meeting, please say aye. 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 Ooh. <laughs> Opposed, nay? <laughs> Great, that passes 7-0. With that, we'll move on to item D, which is our superintendents and board members report, and I'll turn to Dr. Fulton for his report. Okay, thank you very much. Well, things are exciting in Shawnee Mission. We uh, had the Alexa Hills Grand Opening, which I know some of you were able to attend. Our district formally welcomed our newest elementary school, Lenexa Hills, uh, at an event in late September. 
Staff, students, family members, and members of the community attended a dedication ceremony, which included student-led tours. In one of the event highlights, Audrey Rasmus, a sixth grader, spoke on behalf of students, thanking community members for making Lenexa Hills a place where students look forward to going to school every morning. The building was constructed as part of a $223 million bond issue approved by local voters in 2015. Also, as you're aware, the Broadmoor Bistro opened to the community. The Bistro is Shawnee Mission's student-run restaurant, and it's open for business. They kicked off their dining season last week by hosting a culinary homecoming event. Signature program students welcomed Chef Elise Landry to serve as a mentor in the kitchen as they prepared a five-course meal for dinner guests. Culinary arts and hospitality students will continue to serve dinner to guests throughout the school year on Wednesdays at the Bistro. Reservations can be made on the Broadmoor Bistro website, and I encourage everyone to try it out. Shawnee Mission School District Marching Festival uh, was recently held. It was an evening of musical performances uh, that brought the students from five Shawnee Mission high schools together. Band members shared their marching performances at Shawnee Mission uh, School District Marching Festival. This annual tradition gives these musicians an opportunity to share their work with members of the community and with one another. We also, on October 5th, helped Shawnee Mission Northwest High School celebrate its annual homecoming parade. This was a milestone event for the school as they invited alumni to join in celebrating 50 years of education. What a fast 50 years it's been for those graduates, for sure. The Shawnee Mission College Clinic uh, is due to be held from 6.30 p.m. to 8.30 p.m. on Wednesday, October 10th at Shawnee Mission East High School. Representatives from more than 200 colleges and universities will gather uh, for one of the largest college fairs in the Kansas City area. High school students and their family members are invited to attend. And then finally, coming up this week is the Foundation Breakfast. It begins at 7 a.m. on Thursday. We invite you to join us for the Shawnee Mission Education Foundation Fall Breakfast. You do have to have tickets, however, to attend. And the event will uh, feature the work of the foundation, students, and staff. And then finally, I want to end with a facilities report that Dr. Southwick is going to provide. Dr. Southwick. Okay, as you know, from time to time, um, many times since 2015, we've come as a part of our board meeting and, and, and have given some updates of some of the work that's happened. I want to talk a little bit first about uh, Dr. Fulton mentioned the $223 million bond issue was passed in 15 that really launched the work. Um, at the end of this, I'll tell you how much of that money we have left over and a few of the projects we have planned for that. Um, but this summer, we were very busy. As you know, uh, Lenexa Hills opened. Dr. Fulton talked about that already. But we'll continue to work on Brookwood, which we believe will allow for students and staff and, and families to move into that building come spring break time. The Aquatic Center continues to, to move forward. It's a gorgeous building. I'll plan on an opening sometime in the summer. I did hear today we've got about five inches of water in the bottom of the pool already. We're not quite ready for that water, but it is there. So, um, And then last but not least, in terms of our major projects, we have the old O&M building that we're outfitting for our Blue Eagle programs 
um, and the work has begun on that. The contracts have been let and we'll keep you updated with respect to that. This summer we did a lot of work around HVAC, um, our roof systems. We're still working on our elevator. Um, we're making progress that was, uh, um, in one of our buildings and hope later on this, this fall that we'll be able to have that available for our students and for our staff. Um, what we have left is about $17 million. And uh, the good news and bad news is, the good news is we have it. Um, kind of, I guess, the good news is, is that it's allocated for projects that we had promised as a part of our bond issue. We'll continue to work on roofs and asphalts and um, projects across the district, parking lots. Parking lot at Shawnee Mission South is uh, due to be reconfigured and open for uh, the 2019-20 school year. In addition to that, the Black Box Theater will also be constructed this summer. Uh, but we have carpet and tile projects, HVAC projects, library mat um, materials for our media centers, primarily at the elementary, uh, updating those with um, equipment and with furniture. And uh, so um, as we draw to the close, by this time next year, we will have pretty much exhausted that um, those dollars that the community voted for us. A lot of work has been done across the district. And it'll be time for, as a part of our strategic planning, to look at what the next phase of that might be. So thanks for the opportunity to share. All right. Thank you. Dr. Fultman, your report? No, that's it. All right. Thank you both. And with that, we'll move on to the board section here and uh, see if there's any updates from any of our board members. I'll tur turn to uh, Reverend Guy via phone if there's anything to update from SMAC PTA. I do not have any updates. Great. Thank you. And uh, Mrs. Owsley with SMAP? Well, Dr. Fulton already touched on the big news this week is the Education Foundation's breakfast at right. 7 o'clock on Thursday. <laughs> and uh, Mrs. Zila with KSB? Nothing further from last, last right. meeting. Great. Uh, Dr. Sinclair? Um, uh, I attended along with um, you and Dr. Fulton, um, Mr. Stratton, we attended the KASB regional uh, meeting and the folks at KASB are going around the state pulling together um, board members, superintendents. And at the regional meeting in Lawrence, um, there was a review of the legislative platform. So time was allocated to um, get feedback from those who were in attendance. And I believe that review process is happening at all of the regional meetings. So as the, as the KSB platform is um, uh, moving forward there, kind of gathering feedback and we'll incorporate that into the revisions that I believe will be coming out in November. Right. Great, thank you. And uh, Mrs. Goodburn, your role is complete. We got to hear the nomination video of the candidate that was selected for nomination to lead KSB in two years. <laughs> uh, with that, task forces, uh, constituent services, Mrs. Goodburn? Uh, it's on the calendar for this later this week. Great, thank you. And uh, Mrs. Zila? Uh, the RFP should be going out very soon for our professional services, legal services. Thank you. And uh, Mrs. Owsley, any update on social media? Um, just we're meeting on the 22nd. Great. Thank you. Thank you all for your work on that. And with that, we'll move on to item E, which is the uh, portion for public comment. I'll share a few com uh, guidelines and comments for that, and we'll invite our guest forward. Uh, public comment at the Shawnee Mission School Board meetings is a time to... Uh, 
provide an opportunity for individuals to address the board regarding school district issues. All public comment information cards are submitted to the clerk at least 10 minutes prior to the meeting. We have one of those that have been submitted today. Uh, patrons are encouraged to also su submit their requests electronically uh, by on Friday as well if they were looking for additional information to be provided. I'll skim through a couple of the other additional updates and that is please proceed to the podium when your name is called and share your name, your city of residence and the schools that your children may attend if that's applicable. We'll be uh, permitting and allowing three minutes for our commentary today as well as um, uh, that's about it. I think that's all that apply. And we'll invite our guests forward and Christina Middleton. Come on forward. Thank you. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me today. My name is Christina Middleton. I have, I live in Lenexa, Kansas. I have two students, um, a Shawnee Mission West freshman and a Rising Star Elementary um, sixth grader. Um, I'm here today, I've been here before to talk about um, reading. It's very important to me. Um, I serve on the Kansas State Legislative Dyslexia Task Force. Um, in the nation, uh, reading has slipped significantly over the last several years or t decades. Um, in Kansas, fourth graders reading at proficient level is at 37%. Proficient means they can read the text, understand it, comprehend it, answer questions about it. Um, my work on the task force has been around trying to figure out what we can do for those kiddos who are, have dyslexia. Dyslexia is a struggle to read, write, and spell despite above average to above average intelligence. It's an unexpected difficulty. You, you go through school and these kids are doing great and then all of a sudden, boom, we gotta learn to read and it gets a lot more difficult. And so what we're looking at as a task force is trying to figure out what are we gonna do to try to encompass these 20% of students, one in five in every classroom that are struggling to read and look at the bigger picture, all students, because what works for dyslexic kids works for all kids. Um, what we've learned is that an approach called a structured literacy approach is what works for all kids and specifically dyslexics. Um, it's systematic, it's cumulative. So it has a scope and a sequence that's followed and it builds upon the, the foundational measures while going back and checking back to make sure that we're caning and, and keeping the uh, content. It's explicit, it's taught by a teacher who understands it, who's been trained, who teaches it with fidelity, and they use diagnostic measures to go back and see if the teaching is working. And if it's not, then it checks the gaps. It's multi-sensory, um, and it, the subject's focus is around phonemic awareness, which is like, if I tell you the word cat, can you tell me those three phonemes? Ka-at. If I tell you to drop the first sound in the word cat, can you tell me what's left? At. Kids with dyslexia in kindergarten, first grade, they can't do that. And a lot of kids can't do that. And so we need to structure our training around that. Currently in Shawnee Mission School District, we've started um, a program, the 95% group. Um, and I was privileged to be, to attend a training on the phonemic awareness portion. It's what's needed. Um, and I understand that we're looking at purchasing a phonics program buy it. That's what's needed for the dyslexics. They need the phonics, they need to understand how to manipulate those phonemes, and that's the next step because the kids that are getting missed with dyslexia aren't showing up until third, fourth, fifth, sixth grade. The phonemic awareness isn't enough because they're not gonna get, they're not gonna get, they're not gonna get caught. Um, and the phonics is what can help bring them up to grade level and start closing those gaps. So that's all I've got to say. I'm running out of time. Um, if you have any questions, feel free to contact me. I also represent a parent group called Decoding Dyslexia Kansas, and thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you for the update and for your work. Appreciate it. And that concludes our uh, 
public comment section. I turn to the students there. They missed their opportunity. <laughs> Maybe next time. With that, we'll move on to section F, which is special presentations. And I'll turn back to Dr. Fulton for uh, a 90-day update from the superintendent. It's hard to imagine that it's been just a little over 90 days <laughs> since I started. But boy, what a fast 90 days it's been. I think it's uh, probably appropriate to give a brief update to use a board and to the community on uh, what I've been doing those 90 days. It's been an exciting time. We know when I entered into the Shawnee Mission School District, there were, there were three main goals that collaboratively we, we identified. The first and most important one, of course, was cultivating relationships and understanding the history and traditions, strengths of Shawnee Mission. The second one was to develop a strong working relationship with the board. And of course, then the third one really focused on strategic planning, something that I'll talk about in a little bit of detail uh, later on. In order to achieve goal one, a, a great deal of time was spent working or meeting with various groups and individuals. Those uh, groups and individuals included students, parents, staff, community members, journalists, legislators, university leaders, municipal and county elected officials and their staff, along with the Shawnee Mission uh, PTA, presidents, the foundation board, uh, executive leadership board for the NEA, district administrators, community advocacy groups, chambers of commerce, and the list goes on. What a joy it was to get to know people at an individual level and also understand the collective uh, strength and insights that each of those groups provided to me. We also, in the course of that uh, conversation, uh, began the process of adding or bringing back, perhaps you could say, some, some superintendent advisory groups. The superintendent teacher advisory group has already met. In the very near future, we're gonna, I'm going to have meetings with uh, the newly formed superintendent parent advisory council, which will be composed of uh, the PTA presidents. I'm also in the process of putting together a student advisory group along with uh, classified staff advisory. The advisory groups are extraordinarily helpful. I get to hear what's on their minds. I also get a chance for, for us to share what's happening big picture, not just in Shawnee Mission, but also in the state of Kansas and how that impacts our work here. With respect to the board, we've been hard at work. As you know, we went from one meeting a month to two meetings, most months anyway. Uh, we held a retreat in April that really got all this kicked off, even before my own bar onboarding. And we've spent a good deal of time working together in meeting with and, and talking with community groups. And I want to thank you as a board for your leadership and helping me to get off to a good start. In addition to board meetings, we've tried to set up a, an environment where you're getting the information that you need to make good decisions. With the advent of program evaluations, you now have regular updates on hot topics in, in the district that will inform both policy work, but also things like how we're doing with student achievement, with food service, which we're going to talk a little bit more about tonight and other topics of meaning to students, teachers, and the community. And then finally, with Go3, we've begun the process of thinking about where we are as a school district 
with our strategic planning process. We have a strategic plan that is well underway. In fact, a lot of the work related to that strategic plan has already been done. There are a few more things on the checklist that we need to accomplish. But we're also talking about how we can engage our community going forward in creating a shared vision for where we want to go with student learning. At the end of the day, schools are for children and their learning. It's our job to get them ready for their future. And so in this next phase of strategic planning, we need to, to define a process by which we can get a lot of community input as we put together a shared vision for the future of Shawnee Mission and the students that we serve. Well, that's the first 90 days. What do the second 90 days look like? We're going to continue on the theme of strategic planning. We're going to begin to, uh, at some point in the near future, but certainly by no later than January, we're going to bring forward to you some thoughts on a process that we can use to engage our community in that strategic planning process. We know that the content of that plan will focus at least in part on student achievement outcomes. We need to make sure that kids graduate college and career ready. And we need to make sure that before kids get to high school, uh, that they're ready for rigorous high school coursework. So our plan will look at important outcomes that matter to students, teachers, and parents. And we'll begin to define those, put them down in writing, and hold ourselves accountable to doing the very best we can to help every child achieve their personal best and get to those important outcomes. We'll also begin to look at all the contributing factors that lead to uh, student performance. Things like having good facilities, adequate financing, good planning related to hiring of staff. We'll integrate into that process the notion of how we're going to integrate diversity training into everything that we do. Shawnee Mission has a richly diverse school district. That's a strength. And we want to make sure that we're equipped to help every one of our children succeed in life and that we grow from experiencing each other's diversity. And so with that, we look forward to the next 90 days as we bring forward recommendations for you on, on a process forward by which we can engage, engage our community in the strategic plan. And with that, I'll be happy to respond to any questions. Great. Any board members have questions? Yes, Dr. Sinclair. Um, thank you for that update. I appreciate that. Um, could you take a minute and just speak to how you've recreated or created um, advisory councils for the superintendent? Um, how were the, you mentioned how the, stu the parents were selected, so PTA, presidents, the president or vice president. Um, how are the students being selected and the teachers being selected? Can you just speak to that process? Well, sure, let me speak to teachers. Uh, teachers were identified at the building level. We had principals help us with that. And so they identified uh, teachers that would be interested and she reached out to folks and just also asked who was interested. So that's how teachers were identified. On the student piece, we're still working through that. Okay. And the same is true with classified staff as well. But I just want you to know that those advisory committees are on their way. Committees, sorry. Yeah, or advisory groups are on their way. And uh, we hope to start those yet. Uh, this semester schedule permitting. If not, we'll get them definitely started second semester. Fantastic. Thank you.
Questions from board members? Tell if Reverend Guy's raising her hand or not. Still there. Yeah. Okay. I'm here. I don't have any questions. All right. Great. Thank you. With that, thank you for the update uh, to share with everyone else. Um, state statute uh, describes that all school boards in the state of Kansas conduct a 90-day review of a new superintendent. So earlier today, we met as the board in executive session and conducted our first 90-day review as statute outlines. It's a, it's a pretty early in the process, but it's to encourage boards to have this exact conversation, to identify what's taken place so far and, and to begin to outline that we have the same expectations. And so uh, we appreciate this update and uh, we look forward to many future updates on, on behalf of the district. With that, we'll move on to item G, which is the <laughs> consent agenda. And I'll first ask if there are any board members that would like to remove anything from the consent agenda. Seeing none, I'll seek approval. I would move approval of the consent agenda. Thank you, Mrs. Zila. Second. Thank you, Mrs. Sinclair. All those in favor of approving the consent agenda, please say aye. 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 Opposed, nay. That passes 7-0. Thank you. And so we'll move down the agenda. And uh, that brings us to um, item M, which is an action item. This is under business services. And uh, action item M1 regarding furniture at Brookwood School. I'll turn to Dr. Fulton. Okay. And I don't really have a lot to add to that. Do you have anything that you'd like to? No, the, the only thing I'd add is that this is very consistent with um, purchases that we've made to open the six previous elementary schools right in line with budget and, and it is a budget, they are budgeted items. So. Great, thank you. Any board members with any questions about the action item? Seeing none, I'll seek a motion to approve. So moved. Thank you, Mrs. Mack. Second. Thank you, Mrs. Goodburn. All those in favor, please say aye. 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 Those opposed, nay. That passes 7-0. We now move on to item N, and this is under the action for the Board of Education. This is a second reading of a food policy that uh, we talked about at our last meeting. So this is policy EE, and it has to do with food services management. Uh, we had a good discussion. We gathered some additional information. We have. Uh, Rick Atha and Nancy Kokenauer here also to uh, provide us any information and updates as well. I'll first turn to Dr. Fulton, who will give us an update on some of the language that was gathered for our consideration. Thank you. Well, you know, in, in listening to the robust discussion at our last meeting, uh, we set about the process of trying to identify any concerns that board members may have, particularly with respect to any financial impact that the change in policy may have on the district. And so, there was, a, there was a sentence added to the policy for your consideration, and it states this. The policy is in effect for the 2018-2019 school year and will be reviewed by the Board of Education no later than April 30th, 2019. The reason for that language is this. We wanted to make sure that we were carefully monitoring any fiscal impact that this policy had on the food service budget. And so we will be able to provide to you monthly reports of how we're doing. If, for example, we start to see a negative uh, fiscal impact, you'll know long before it becomes any kind of a major issue. Uh, we are recommending uh, that if we do 
change the policy language, that we continue with the policy through the end of the school year. But we'll need to make a decision by April 30th whether or not the policy should continue in its uh, current or revised form for the 2019-2020 school year. The reason for April 30th is because we have to get information out to parents about the food service program, and that's really an important date for us to know exactly what's going to happen in the 1920 school year so we can get that information out to parents. With that, I'll be happy to turn uh, it over to Dr. Atha for any additional comment. Okay, uh, if you approve the revisions of, of your policy this evening, um, please note it will take us about a month to communicate the changes in the policy and meet state and federal guidelines. So we expect the policy, we hope the policy, the revisions to the policy can go in place around November 1, but be patient with us on that because we want to make sure that we meet the state and federal guidelines in informing our community of the changes that are taking place. Uh, and as Dr. Fulton said, uh, we will we will give you probably a report every month uh, as to how we're doing, because uh, we want to monitor carefully the finances, but also just how the program is going uh, in, in general, if, if you will. We want it to be successful. We want it to be successful for our kids, for our families. Uh, and so with that said, I, I'll stop right at the moment and answer any questions that you may have. And Dr. Ath, if I may add, just for a point of clarification now, uh, students who receive free lunch are not impacted by this policy because they already uh, receive a full lunch by that, definition. That is correct. Students who receive a reduced lunch could be impacted by this pol policy. They would certainly have access to a full lunch as well. Students who are on full pay lunch would also be impacted by this policy because they would receive a regular school lunch. It is, it is very important that we especially monitor both the reduced lunch students and especially the full pay students to ensure that uh, we're giving folks some grace in, the, in accessing uh, a full meal, but also working hard to ensure that the school district is reimbursed for those lunches appropriately. So basically your policy change will eliminate the alternate meal, the toasted cheese sandwich, which we served about 10,300 of those last year. That will be eliminated and all students will have the opportunity of receiving a regular lunch. Thank you for that clarification. This is a discussion that we had from our last meeting. We've carried it forward to this meeting. I'll turn to board members for additional questions or comments about the policy that's up for consideration. Yes, Mrs. Mack? Mr. President, do we move for it first and then have the discussion, or do you want us to discuss now? Let's go ahead and discuss. It's been put forward from our previous meeting. We're continuing that conversation. Okay, thank you. I, I would like to speak to this. I'd like to speak in favor of it and to approve it. And um, like, um as this, this was stated, this is a pilot program that is being suggested, and it is a risk. Um, I want to applaud the board members who brought forth the questions about um, the numbers, the financial numbers. I think that was very important, because we as a board are 
fiscally responsible for what happens in this district. But I want to be real. I think we need to be real on this. There will probably be families that try to take advantage of this. And I think that most of us can agree that parents are responsible for feeding their own children. But those who can't, hopefully this will help them out, but hopefully it will also help them fill out paperwork so that they can receive financial assistance. I've heard from some patrons who are very concerned about this freebie, is what they call it. They are concerned about the people who won't pay, that could pay, but they won't, and that they'll take advantage of it. Again, I think we can all agree that, that parents are responsible for feeding their children. But if they won't pay, then it's my understanding that what this policy will do will make it go through the, the same formalities of normal collection procedures that we use for textbook fees that are not paid, et cetera. I've always been mindful of the fact that when somebody doesn't pay their textbook fees or what have you, we don't give them a tattered book or half a book or whatever. But with food, we gave them a toasted cheese sandwich. Now, good job for us for feeding them, because some school districts don't. We did. But food impacts a child physically, and we've always been talking about how can we help children learn. And I really believe this is a piece of that puzzle to help children learn, because this impacts them in a direct physical manner, also emotionally and mentally. In my opinion, one more toasted cheese sandwich is one too many. I understand it's going to take a month to implement this, but I've disagreed with this policy for some time. And I am really thankful to this leadership for looking at this issue. Um, I think we'd also be remiss if we didn't mention a couple of people who have, um, who need to be thanked here in public. And one of them is Representative Tom Cox. Um, he's a Shawnee Mission uh, School District Area State Representative. And he's helped move this forward. He became involved over a year ago in this. He has written and talked about this subject during that period of time and definitely helped move this needle forward, as well as Mrs. Lorgai, who's not here this evening. I also want to thank there have been anonymous benefactors out there who have given money to the school district to help um, defray costs for our families. There is one in particular who has given a lot of money over the years, and I want to thank that family from... I, I really want to thank them. They've done a tremendous job. They don't need to stop doing that <laughs> because, as we know, this is a pilot program, and we may, we may suffer financially by doing this, but I do believe it is the right thing to do. The third group of people I really want to thank are the teachers, the custodians, the secretaries, the social workers, the administrators, the principals, the board members who are sitting at this table here tonight who have reached into their own pockets and paid for breakfasts and lunches for our students who couldn't pay or didn't meet the right guidelines. I want to say thank you to them. This is important. This is extremely important to our district. So is there a risk? Absolutely. This is a risk. And I say bring it. I know this community. I know this community. You look at the Shawnee Mission Education Foundation and they help solve these problems every day. Um, I'm just excited that this is finally coming to the board for a vote and I would implore other board members to carefully consider this and I would, I would ask you to vote for this policy. Other board members? Mrs. Okay. Housley? I just have a question just for clarification purposes. Um, 
the implementation of this policy doesn't prevent people from donating to cover the costs of food. That was something that had been brought up previously, and that can continue as, and the best as way in the past. May, may I add? Please the do, yes. The best way would be for the, the, the patron to contact my office, and we can ask for specifics if they want a particular school or a group of kids or however they would like their money to go, we will abide by that. And thank you to those patrons and for their past work and their future. Thank you. And I might add, because Nancy won't say it, but she's built a lot of trust mm -hmm. out there among our patrons to where they trust her to use the money where it will best serve our families. Dr. Sinclair. Um, uh, last board meeting, I think I asked a little uh, question about prevalence of, of around this issue of how many kids are, are um, were receiving the cheese sandwiches and whatnot. And I believe there was some follow-up information on that. I would appreciate if that could be shared, just kind of to help us as a community better understand the prevalence of the number of students kind of participating or. Um, or not participating, but who had been served the lunch and how many patrons and PTAs covered costs, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. I think it's just helpful to... Well, last year, like Dr. Atha said, we served 10,333 toasted cheese sandwiches and milk during the school year 17-18. Um, at the end of May, which was the end of our last school year, we found that we had $5,883 in charges. Um, of those students, they were free students, um, which they will incur a negative account balance until their application is approved. And then we had some reduced students and paid students. But thankfully, with all of our patron donations, we were able to cover all of those negative accounts at the end of last year. So all of our students, when they started this year, started out at a zero balance. Um, currently in this school year, we have seven schools that have school-funded accounts. We have three schools that have PTA-funded account, and I have one a patron-funded account currently. Thank you. That's really, that's very helpful. So if I were to recap of those, kind of the estimate of the number of students maybe impacted is less than 1% of the student population, 1,000 or 1,500 or... Mm -hmm. or, or well, there's probably more like 17, 1,800. 17, 1,800, mm -hmm. okay. Mm -hmm. So around 1% or something, mm -hmm. okay. I, I think, will say generally so. this year, um, my office staff, we don't feel like we have as much donation money as we've had in the past. Okay. And then the coverage for that has been from PTAs, from schools, schools. will have fundraising events. And then from... From patrons, donors. yes. And then, like I mentioned last meeting, last year at the end of the school year, we contacted our seniors that graduated that had account balances, okay. and a lot of them said, absolutely, you keep the money. Thank you. And so we, we contacted them individually. Thank you for doing that. It helps me understand. And as you know, each and every month, you approve donations to the district. Mm -hmm. I'm constantly amazed at the donations that are provided to this district by mm -hmm. our patrons. Mm -hmm. I won't be surprised if people step up and donate to this need, to this cause. I'll pause to see if Reverend Guy has anything. Back to Mrs. Um, oh, I, ahead, I am Guy. really um, grateful for all the hard work that's been done on this. I really think, as I mentioned in last month's meeting or the last meeting we had, that. Um, that this is a good policy change. I think we need to uh, 
put the needs of our students first and our students need a good lunch so that they have the fuel they need to be at their best for the rest of the school day so they can learn and achieve and accomplish what they need to and so I I think this is putting the students needs first and then we can address the needs of funding and I think we've already mentioned several sources including obviously the parents themselves um, I know Dr. Fulton has a meeting coming up with faith leaders on November 1st, I believe, and I have already heard from several faith leaders aware of our conversation on this, saying um, we're prepared to help with this as well. So I think this is something the community supports, and um, I'm excited that we make this change. That's all. Thank you, Reverend Guy. Mrs. Housley? Um, I just also wanted to say that if for some reason, if there was a very negative fiscal impact and we could see it coming, would there be anything stopping us from, I know we want to get it through this year, but if for some reason there was to be a problem, we could reassess earlier if necessary. I mean, I would imagine that would be possible if people we, were very concerned. We can, and that's where careful monitoring, monitoring becomes important for us to see what impact the policy is having on our on our physical health within the food service program. And I might add too, you know, food service programs run in a cost neutral way. They really need to be uh, self-sufficient. And a lot of people don't rec realize that about food service programs. Yeah. And, ours, and ours, for the most part, is. Yeah, and I want to emphasize one thing because Mrs. Mack mentioned that, that this was a risk. And it is, it's a calculated risk. Uh, this program operates on about $12 million a year. Uh, we have to keep three months balances and uh, we're operating now with a surplus coming in depending on the year and I'll refer back to Nancy's uh, program evaluation that she presented to the board in the community somewhere between 200 to 500 thousand dollars in surplus a year and we're trying to be even as we possibly can because we have so many unexpected costs like this year to start the year we had fifty thousand dollars worth of equipment we had to buy and we buy it out of food service so Nancy and her program and her team really works hard to try to be cost neutral but this is a calculated risk one that we will be extremely vigilant on to make sure that that it's doing what we want it to do and we're going to make every effort to to try to collect as early as possible for people that from people from our families that have the ways and means to pay. Yes, Mrs. Goodburn. I just have a couple more questions. Um, the school cafe website. You talked about there was limits and things. I had one patron contact me that was concerned about those balances. She gives her kids a certain amount of money. Um, a week or a month, I'm not really sure, but a certain amount of money to spend, and sometimes they go over that limit. Um, now they're really not allowed to because there are limits, but if this is in place, they could continue to have hot lunches. I mean, can you place a limit on the yes. in-school cafe that I don't yes. ever want to have a negative balance in my account? I'll incur up to a $10, because right now, really the way our policy states is that you could charge like three lunches if you're in elementary, right. so the most debt you'd ever really incur is $10. Well, by my by my math, nine dollars and ninety um, cents or something. School like cafe that. is not set up that way. School cafe is set up for parents to set a spending limit on a day or a monthly basis, and also for the parent to set up. Do they want their child to purchase a la carte? 
um, either with cash or debit, or do they want nothing purchased in food service? So we see this as an opportunity when we communicate this potentially revised policy as a way to educate parents to utilize that school cafe because it's something so brand new that a lot of parents just don't know it's available. So it's not set up to set a, for a parent to be able to set a limit. Um, they could do a spending limit per day, yes. They could set that up if they wanted to. And I can show you that later if you'd like to see it. So a spending limit per day, but not like a maximum. Like, I never want to go into debt more than $10, $15, or, you know. I, no, I'll there is not it. a negative. There's not the reverse. I could ask. No, I don't know if they've ever asked that question at <coughs> School Cafe. Yeah. Yeah. Because okay. we're pretty cutting edge on this, folks. Because I don't know of another district, at least in the state of Kansas, that's doing this. So the school cafe. You mean? No, as far as um, not doing any negative accounts, not doing the toasted cheese, all that. So. Okay. Um, I, I have another kind of long-term question. I guess is there, if you have Denver, I, I went out and read quite a bit of, of information about Denver just because I wanted to understand what the issues were there. And after the end of their first year, um, they found that the impetus wasn't there. For, part of the problem was that the impetus wasn't there for the free and reduced, the people that qualified to fill out the applications. Mm -hmm. So they ran a third of their debt was because there was no impetus for, for anyone to fill it out or for people to fill it out, and so they just didn't. And they had to, to eat that debt, of, uh, upwards of $100,000 of the families, just like we did. We're, we're incurring that debt currently, because you, you said it earlier, that we go ahead and feed the full lunch before the application is actually processed. <coughs> Maybe they've been on it last year, but they have to fill that at every single year. So that, does that have long-term effects? Like, let's say if our free and reduced lunch count goes down by 5% in any big, I'm, I'm talking big picture, state funding. So if that goes down, what's our big impact? Well, let me, let me clarify something. We're motivated as a school district to, to identify as many students as possible that, and families that qualify for free lunch and reduce lunch. We're obligated for two reasons. One, it's the right thing to do. And number two, in reference to free lunch students, our at-risk funding spins off of our free lunch counts. So if our free lunch counts drop, it will hurt us uh, in funding. As you may recall, in the budget that you're in now, last year we lost money because our free lunch, the number of free lunch students dropped a little bit. Mm -hmm. That was one of the things that you really can't plan for because you're trying to identify as many families as possible that will qualify, and it's for two reasons. The right thing to do, and it's a funding stream. And I can't be more honest than that. Yes. I just Dr. wanted to Sinclair. add, the, the at-risk funding stream, just kind of adding a comment to that. I mean, naturally, based on the, the um, research that indicates students who, have, who are living in poverty have more educational needs. So that, that funding is, is really linked to bringing in the resources we need to help close the achievement gap and provide those additional supports to kids. So that, that funding piece is really about making sure that we have those supports in place for those students who might not come to school as ready to learn. You're absolutely right. 
other board members with questions? None. I'll entertain a motion. Approval of revised board policy EE Food Service Management. Thank you, Mrs. Mack. Second. Thank you, Mrs. Owsley. Any additional questions, comments? All those in favor of the approval of the change to the policy, please say aye. Aye. All those opposed, please say nay. That passes 7-0. Thank you for your work on this subject. Thank you for all the input on the board. Uh, I think we're moving forward. Thank, Thank you. you, Dr. Aitha. With that, we have another item before the board, and this is uh, item number two. This is approval of a new agenda format. This is a uh, suggestion that came out of uh, our executive leadership that uh, said, let's consider perhaps collapsing the agenda. So this is the first time that uh, the board members have seen this, and uh, they've had it for a couple of days. It's, it's to really, I think, two things, streamline and simplify what we're presenting in the form of a, a, an agenda to conduct ourselves as the governing body. And secondly, an opportunity for perhaps those that are interested to better find information on an agenda as it relates to something that might be that, that they have a specific interest in. Uh, I'll turn to Dr. Fulton, too, to see first if you have any comments before I turn to the board to discuss. Uh, you know, I think the board meetings are obviously important ways to communicate information to the public and for you to do your work as a, as a governing body. And so... Um, the thought was, let's see if we can simplify the, the process as much as possible. This may be a way to do that, but I'm anxious to hear your thoughts. All right. Thank you. I'll turn to board members for uh, observations, questions, comments about this new format. It was provided as an attachment to the agenda. Yes, Mrs. Zila. I have one comment. And as it appears here, is this how it would appear on paper to us then? It would. Okay. okay. My, my suggestion for this would be at each of the, the headings, a bold and an underline so that we have kind of a delineated, we're changing like from, oh, it won't show up this like this. Okay. Oh, right. Okay. Sorry about that. It okay. will, it'll be much cleaner looking. Yes. That's correct. And I know it will have the, the heading as, it, as our agenda does yes. now and stuff. But I'm just like, just to, I like the delineation of our old uh, format, but it can certainly be translated into this new one with the different kind of num numerical system and stuff. But so I would just kind of go on, if this is how it's going to look, it looks just kind of like one big page of, of words there. So. Thank you for clarifying that. Okay. No, that's okay. That's good. I saw you over there. Like, what? Wait, wait. Yeah, and, and this will continue to be um, generated and viewed and eventually for printing through Board Docs, so it'll follow the same format that Board Docs, the software we use, creates. Thank you. Yep. Okay. Great. Dr. Sinclair. Um, uh, I have two questions, um, or a comment and a question. Um, can this be shown so that our patrons can see this by any chance right now? No. Okay, so it's a logistical piece I hope we continue to work on so that is, I think it's helpful that. It is in the public content on our agenda, being able to pull it up on the okay. screen is the question though, right? Yeah, okay. okay. Um, but getting back to the agenda, one of the, um, changes that I really appreciate about this is it uh, is more reader friendly. It kind of communicates more about what we're kind of doing at the at the different parts of the agenda. So it's just a little more reader friendly. 
um, more informative, I think, in a way, as a tool. So I appreciate, I, I like the changes. So thank you for those suggestions, yeah. The board member questions, comments, observations? Eventually. I'll move approval. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> thank you, Mrs. Goodburn. Thank you, Mrs. Mack. It's been moved. Nope. Oh, okay. Never mind. Oh, Mrs. I said Mrs. Zila. I'm sorry. It, Mrs. Zila on the second. Thank you. Um, any additional questions? All those in favor of the new format for the agenda, please say aye. 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 Opposed, nay. Aye. That passes 7-0. Thank you for that. Thank you for bringing forward that idea. With that, we move on to item O, which is uh, board comments. Turn to board members for any comments this evening. Yes, Dr. Sinclair. Um, I would just like to uh, acknowledge that uh, we had a letter that came out on behalf of the board, the superintendent, signed by the board president or superintendent, our KNEA representative, and our SMAC president to encourage all of our patrons and staff to get out and vote. And I'm very um, uh, appreciative of that. I'm glad to see that go out, and I just would encourage everyone to register. You can use kansasvotes.org or go straight to the JOCO election website, there are a number of ways to do it, but I applaud the effort to remind people to get out and vote and to engage in their civic um, duties. Thank you. Thank you. Other board members? Yes, Mrs. Mack. Um, well, I wanted to say again to the high school students, I see some Shawnee Mission Northwest students, and thank you for having us for the homecoming parade. Mrs. Asley, Mrs. Zila, and Dr. Fulton and I got to participate in that. The homecoming game was I don't know what happened in the first quarter, <laughs> but the rest, the rest of the game was really great. But it was, it was really, I mean, it was, it was a fun weekend, great homecoming. Um, I also, uh, because of Shawnee Mission Northwest wide receiver's mother, I wear a breast cancer awareness ring, and October is Breast Cancer Awareness Month. And so as part of our strategic plan um, and our well-being, not only female, but males as well, please um, check. Breast cancer is, um, there's a new epidemic right now between 30-year-old and 40-year-old women um, who do not have a family history. And so I just wanted to bring that to our attention because it's October. Um, there's something else I want to talk about, but um, I think we might want to talk about the Harvester's uh, Lunch Challenge. Mrs. Zila or Mrs. Owsley, would you like to talk about that? Um, yeah, I'd be happy to. <laughs> um, you so, can leave out the part about the can opener. Oh, I was, was going <laughs> to highlight that. Okay. So I want to give a big thank you to Harvesters for coming out and organizing the lunch challenge. Um, it was board members versus bistro students, and the bistro students were better. Um, <laughs> in fairness, they've had a lot of training on that, um, and so if they hadn't been better than us, I think that would have been disappointing. Um, <laughs> but um, we did learn that the rate for... Um, Nutrition insecurity, food insecurity in Johnson County is at 15% for children. And so we are actually second only to Jackson uh, County, Missouri, in regards to need. Um, there may be higher need in other counties, but because our county is so large, that 15% puts us with that many hungry people here. Um, and it was very uh, informative, and it turned out to be well-timed considering the policy that we were looking at. So I want to thank the harvester folks for coming out and um, and... Deb and Patty and Brad for participating and for Deb for helping with the can opener that was a safety can opener and is apparently a generational thing because if you're 40 and older, you never have seen a safety can opener before. <laughs> um, 
And then also, I just wanted to add one thing to uh, Dr. Sinclair's was register to vote by October 16th. The deadline is October 16th. That's important information. Register to vote by October 16th. And then vote on November 6th. It's a Tuesday. <laughs> all right, that's all. Thank you very much. Thank you. Any others? Mrs. Mack. Yeah, I wanted to come back to something a little bit more serious. Um, I'm really super excited we passed that policy tonight, and the board members up here know. Um, they also know, um, my colleagues up here, that I'm not real attentive to social media. Um, I prefer one-to-one -one conversations where there's a give and take and, and information is shared. Um, and this is my... This is time for board comments, so this is me as an individual board member saying this, not on behalf of the board. But after our meeting last time, when we talked about the lunch policy for the first time, I read some of the comments on social media. And um, I was really dismayed at some of the things that were said out there. And I just wanted to state publicly that every single member of this Board of Education cares about children. And for anyone to even suggest that they don't, I think is absolutely ridiculous. The, the people that are sitting up here as board members spend hours and hours of volunteer time. The only reason we do this is because we care about kids. And for any board member to um, have it suggested that they don't care is, in my mind, ridiculous. I'd like to further that conversation to our administrators. They all started, almost all of them started as teachers. We've talked about numerous times how two teachers are not paid enough. Well, I have to tell you, these administrators who are sitting here that have PhDs and master's degree not only paid for their own, own education, but any of them could work for a Fortune 500 company. The Shawnee Mission School District is one of the largest corporations in Johnson County, and they earn every single penny that they earn. Our teachers earn every single penny. All of our staff do. And if, and if I were the queen of the world, I would triple, quadruple, whatever their salaries right now. Because the reason why we are in this business is because we care about children. There is no other reason for us to be sitting up here. So um, about two years ago, we started a campaign called Kindness Matters. And I'd like to remind everybody that kindness does matter. And I'm very proud to be a member of this Board of Education because I think we set the standard. And I think we do a pretty darn good job of showing that we care for kids. And we did that tonight when we passed that lunch policy. And we are one of the first school districts in the state of Kansas to pass that. We are taking a financial risk. But as we stated, it's worth it. And we set it with our votes tonight. So um, again, those are my comments. And um, I may not attune very much to social media, but anytime you want to email me or call me, call me. I'd be happy to listen to you. Any other board members? As we've already heard, reminders, there's the uh, Shawnee Mission Education Foundation breakfast this Thursday, I believe. Tickets are still available, although it's going to be a full house to see Dr. Fulton. And uh, we also will have our next board meeting on Monday, October 22nd. With that, Thank you to the students who stuck us out for the whole meeting. If you have any questions, you want to come forward afterwards. Uh, extra credit from the superintendent. How's that? <laughs> With that, we are adjourned.